Hello, everyone. Welcome to another great Vetfolio podcast. In today's episode, sponsored in part by Vetikinol, we'll be talking to Dr. Millie Rosales about diagnosing and managing otitis in dogs. At least in Florida, otitis is such a common presentation, and it's always rewarding when we diagnose it, treat it, and it resolves. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. Recurrent ear infections are all too common, and today we'll be discussing the underlying causes for ear infections, how to diagnose and treat these patients, and when to consider referral. But first, a little about my guest. Dr. Rosales graduated with a Bachelor's of Biology from Florida International University. She received her Doctor of Veterinary Medicine degree from the University of Florida in 2000, Go Gators. She worked as a general practitioner in Miami for a nonprofit small animal clinic until 2003 when she returned to the University of Florida and completed a residency in dermatology. She's authored several articles and lectured at local and state veterinary medical associations and is very active in her local VMA. Dr. Rosales is a past president of the South Florida VMA and served on the board from 2008 to 2014. She was awarded the Gold Star by the Florida Veterinary Medical Association for outstanding contributions to the South Florida VMA. Dr. Rosales' primary interests include allergic and immune-mediated skin conditions in dogs and cats and, fortunately for us, chronic ear infections in dogs. And of course, being a dermatologist, she owns an allergic white American bulldog herself. If you like what you hear here, be sure to check out Dr. Rosales' web conference, which will be available on Vetfolio soon, where she dives even further into this topic. But for now, let's jump into our interview. So, Dr. Rosales, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Cassie, for inviting me. Absolutely. We're happy to have you. So let's just talk about a straightforward otitis. Um, how should a general practitioner approach an otitis case when it's first presented to them? Okay. Yeah, so it's important that all otitis cases have an otoscopic exam performed. I think an otoscopic exam is essential, and I would say the, the standard of care for all ear cases. If a dog came in to your office coughing, I think we would all automatically pull out our stethoscopes and, and hear its heart and its lungs. So really all ear cases, once it comes in, the otoscope needs to come out and, and that exam needs to be done. And I think that for some veterinarians, this is kind of scary or a daunting task just because they don't have, they're not in the habit of examining ears. And to differentiate what's the difference between normal and, and abnormal, so, so one advice I would definitely give general practitioners is to always perform an ear exam, even if a patient's not coming in for an ear problem, so, so that they can kind of learn what's the difference between normal and different variants of normal. I can remember in vet school being told to practice ear exams in a sedated patient just so that I can kind of get the hang of how, how that feels to put that otoscope down, down the ear. So with all otitis cases, they need an otoscopic exam. You need to look inside the ear, see what kind of discharge is in that ear. How are the ear canals? Are they hyperplastic? Are they stenotic? Are they ulcerated? Is there a mass that's blocking the ear canal? Can you see the eardrum? Is it normal? Is it abnormal in appearance? Is it bulging? Is it discolored? So these are all important things that you should be looking for when you do your exam. And then the next thing is you need to be taking an ear cytology and taking a little sample, smearing it on the slide, staining it and looking it under a microscope. And if a vet feels uncomfortable with reading these, then send it off to a lab 
but this is really important for all ear cases so that we need to see what kind of infections in there. Is it a bacterial infection? Is it a yeast infection? And this will guide your, your treatment. And then finally, with all ear cases, they need a, a good history. So we need to find out, is this the first time this has been happening? Has this been an ongoing issue? Does it happen during certain seasons? Because this is going to help us find out what's the primary cause of the ear infection. Absolutely. Just being really thorough in your workup there to get a good idea of what's causing that infection. So we always hear about these underlying causes for ear infections and that they don't kind of occur in a vacuum, so to speak. So what are the primary or probably a better word for it is underlying causes of otitis? Yeah, so the the primary causes of of otitis, otitis externa, are allergies, like food allergy or atopy, mites like otodectes, ear mites, demodex. Endocrine disorders can um, also cause otitis, like Cushing's or hypothyroidism. There could be a mass in the ear. This could be a tumor or a polyp. Uh, Polyps are more common in cats, possibly a foreign body. And then keratinization disorders or even autoimmune disorders can cause ear infections. Usually with these latter two, there's going to be skin problems. So you'll see other issues going on with the pet. One thing that I think is important to understand is, so the ear is an an extension of the skin. So what affects the skin will possibly also affect the ears. But by far the most common primary cause for otitis is allergies, allergies to food and environmentals. And in some cases that the ear infection will be the only presentation of that allergy. Ideally, we'd love it if we would treat this case of otitis and then it resolves and we're good to go. But of course, we see these cases where it seems like as soon as we resolve the ear infection, the patient's back again with another one. So what are the main reasons we see recurrence of otitis? So I find that the, the, the main reason or some of the main reasons we see recurrent infections of otitis are improper treatment. And if we're not looking for the underlying cause, we're going to keep seeing these cases of of otitis. Gotcha. So going back to that underlying cause being so important for these guys. So what are some of the key points you can leave us with for proper otitis treatment? So I like to kind of break these down into like four four little points. So one is uh, good ear cleaning, uh, choosing your right topical making sure you're putting the proper amount of medication into the year and and the use of anti-inflammatories. So depending on how much discharge and debris is present in the ear, I find that a lot of this should be removed. So this may mean the veterinarian has to clean the ear well for the client on the day of the visit or sending the client with, with an ear cleaner for them to do at home. I like to do this every other day or sometimes even just about twice a week. But the cleaning is important because there are ear topicals, antibiotic ear topicals that will become deactivated if there is debris in the ear. So the ear cleaning is an important part. The client needs to be taught how to do this. And if the client can't do this, then the veterinarian may you know, offer this as a service um, in their office. And then depending on the type of infection present, we need to choose the right type of ear topical. So this is where 
your cytology is important. Do we have a bacteria? Do we have a yeast infection? And choosing the right topical. And then with that said, making sure that the client is applying the right volume into the ear. So a, a good rule of thumb is about half an ml to, to one ml into the ear. What, what you don't want to do is put such a small volume that it's not filling up the entire ear canal. So kind of imagine like a big Labrador getting like two or three drops of ear medicine that, that's not going to work to treat the infection. And then I find that a lot of dogs with otitis are just very painful and um, pruritic. So really incorporating anti-inflammatories in the treatment is important. This makes it so much easier for the owner to apply the ear medicine, um, and I think you'll get good compliance. At what point in general practice do we throw in the towel? Do we say, okay, we diagnosed this properly, we have treated it properly, and it's not getting better? When would you say, okay, this is the point where you really need to send this dog to a dermatologist? Yeah, I think if a practitioner has an otitis case that's not responding to appropriate treatment, so you've done everything that I just mentioned, and despite that, the ear infection keeps reoccurring, or if the ear has been cultured and you get pseudomonas, I think those are cases you want to refer, um, especially because this is kind of suggested that there may be an otitis media, and usually these cases require extensive treatment through, through like middle ear flushes. Um, I also think if a practitioner is having just a hard time trying to figure out what the underlying cause is, um, then definitely go get help from a dermatologist. Yes, because as we all know, those underlying causes can be really tough to identify in some of these cases. Mm -hmm. So not to be cliche, but of course, there's that, that old adage that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So let's talk prevention for a minute. What should we be doing to help prevent ear infections in our patients? So I guess there's no way of stopping an, an infection from starting in the first place. Um, I guess when I hear you ask me this question, it's like, how do we prevent those kind of recurrent cases? And I think what we talked about was just making sure that veterinarian is, is looking for the underlying or, or the primary cause and making sure, because usually the, the practitioner is the one that sees the first infection for the first time and just counseling clients and reminding them of the importance of, of looking for the underlying cause. So this is not something that's continuously repeating. And of course, there are certain breeds I feel like we need to be more proactive about. So like Cocker Spaniels and English Bulldogs or French Bulldogs. You know, when these dogs come in into your office, I think on the, the first puppy visit, owners need to be talked about ear infections, and how it's important to, to work these up further. So bottom line, we really need to be focused on that underlying cause and being proactive in our patients who might be extra prone to ear infections down the road. Definitely. Yeah, you definitely don't want these cases to slide away from you or fall between the cracks because in some of those breeds, I mean, they could, they're born with those narrowed ear canals and it doesn't take many infections for the ear canal to completely close. And now we have these end stage ears and now it's, there's no longer medical therapy to fix these. It, it ends up becoming surgical. Can we talk about that for just a second, these end stage ears? Can you give us a little bit of a description of what an end-stage ear looks like to you where you're going, this ear really isn't coming back and surgery is the only option for this dog? 
Yeah, so these are the ears where the canal has completely closed down. So like a, a vet will try to look into the dog's ear and they just cannot get their otoscope past the entrance of the ear canal or maybe they could get it barely into the vertical ear canal and then they can't see anymore because the canal has just completely closed it's hyperplastic stenotic if you palpate the base of the ear the canal it's it's very hard it might even be calcified so these ears are, are what we call end stage because the chronicity of the ear infection has just closed down that, that canal, that cartilage. And unfortunately, now that it's closed, there is infection deep down in that ear canal. Very likely there's an infection in the middle ear, but it is impossible for us to reach it by trying to do a middle ear flush. None of the medications we're going to give um, to the client to apply are really going to get down into that ear. So really at this point, Nothing that we do topically or even systemically is going to make that ear infection go away. We like have to do surgery to remove that infected ear canal tissue out. Well, Dr. Rosales, this has been a great conversation. I feel like tons of good takeaways on managing otitis and keeping these ears from getting to that point where they're at end stage disease. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for all the fantastic information. Of course. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, guys, I hope you had some great takeaways from our discussion. A big thank you to Dr. Rosales for being on our podcast, and thank you to Veta Keenall for helping sponsor this event. If you'd like to find out more about this and other exciting podcasts, click on the Education tab on Vetfolio's portal. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this session, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com, you can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.